everybody. This is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast. Danielle, you look like you are kind of like a reporter sitting casually to discuss what your day's been like. I like that. Sitting out in snowy, snowy Montana. So how are you doing? I have this very cool chair that uh, obviously I'm in like a complete makeshift podcast setup and I have this cool chair that's like meant to be extremely comfortable and lazy boy-esque and so I put a million pillows behind me to try to like prop myself up but yeah I feel very comfortable I think I might switch to this setup at home instead of having to you know sit straight all the time who wants to do that um just really after after 400 podcasts or so I've decided maybe we could stop saying what we do here every time at the beginning of the show I think that sounds great. People might know. And if you and don't know, way, you clicked on most, it for a reason. We're also the most, uh, I just say this casually, we are the most searched stock trading podcast, according to some researchers from Canada. <laughs> I don't know if it's real or not. It's real according to Google. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The AP reached out to us about that actually, which we were both like, wow, that's yeah, surprising and fantastic. Especially, I think, I think it's really, really funny wanna, because we don't I, I talk don't about people, stock trading. I don't think people want to talk about <laughs> stock trading. <laughs> they just want to hear you make fun of me. That's uh, all. And they want to hear you be like, you don't know what you're talking about to me. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we fix each other. Well, speaking um, of not knowing what I'm talking about, last week I was talking through my hat about Vista Outdoors, um, trying to but figure out how But that was the point. I loved, that was the so point, high. right? Like, that's what I loved about yeah. it, is it's an organic finding of a cool company that just happened to be publicly traded. And this is what I love so much about learning investing that that is truly what like got me into it is sort of going around in normal life and saying oh I love this product or I love this service let me just look it up quickly and see if it's public and maybe I could find out more about it and then that's so that's what you did with helmets and then you found that it's owned by this company called Vista Outdoor which neither of us had ever heard of and I had never heard okay I had never heard of them um and so yeah, so I looked it up after we finished talking about it just quickly because I have to say like reading still makes me dizzy so I couldn't read a lot about it. But I thought it'd be cool to talk about um, how like, I don't know, how I go about when I'm sort of like, oh, that's an interesting company. Like, what do I look at first? And what do you look at first? So does that sound good? Yeah, I think I think it sounds pretty good. I mean... Let me, let me just start with with this. I would probably not be that interested in these guys. Um, although they certainly have a bunch of brands. I mean, the Fox brand of kind of mountain. But wait, let's talk about like stuff. how we find out even about that. Yeah, because what I'm just saying is that I don't, I very quickly go to the financials on a company. I don't just oh, I like these guys, and then I'm going to start reading about them. I want to see, particularly now, with the the kind of, we've we've enforced some discipline on ourselves, Danielle, in the last few years. Who's we? We, my team and I. Okay. uh, My analyst team. Because one one of the real difficulties I've always had in researching a company is sticking with it to the end. 
mm. of getting to a no or a yes mm-hmm. or too hard. Those are kind mm-hmm. of the three categories. Yeah. No yes or too hard. And it's really easy to get drifting off. Isn't it? Do you find that as well? What do you mean by drifting off? I mean, I start digging into Vista Outdoors. The next thing I know, I'm looking at gun companies because they've Vista Outdoors just created a new kind of a round for self-defense and concealed carry. And I immediately wanted to see if there's guns made for that. Then the next thing I know, I'm at Smith & Wesson, which mm-hmm. was originally part of this company. And um, man, I'm just like, Oh, I just I just started to drift. So um, I don't know. Not, I don't not know that if that that's happens. a terrible drift. That's not a terrible drift, but I mean it, it's a bad example because I could easily end up looking at grocery stores. I guess is what I'm saying. You yeah. Know, I, I I just find myself spinning off when I look at their competition or something in their 10K, and they're up against Osprey. I go like, oh, I've yeah. got an Osprey bag. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What about Osprey? Well, so I right? guess my my perspective on that is that it depends at it depends what my intentions are. So like you know, I looked up this company and if I'm in the first what, like hour of looking at them, to me that's completely fine going like, "Oh, look, they had they're up against Osprey. Oh, I know about Osprey. Let me look them up. What's up with them?" Um I just think that's like for me part of what makes me like interested and excited about learning about this what is probably like a fairly new world of information to me. Well, well and, fair enough, but I was leading up to a point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you asked me <laughs> that a question. I wanted to make. Go ahead. And, and the point is that um, I haven't really done a lot of work on this yet. <laughs> And the reason I haven't done a lot of work on this yet is because by enforcing a discipline of getting to a yes or a no, part of that has been to place companies onto a priority list. Yeah, yeah. And as a result, this thing, as much as I would like to just shove it to the top of my list, I'm trying to enforce a discipline of not doing that. And sticking with the things that I'm already working on. That's really good. Until I get to a no. Way to go. Or a yes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 frustrating. It's like, oh yeah, I really kind of want to do this. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, popping in and looking at it for half an hour. I'm saying really digging in to really understand. So if I was going to do a podcast on Vista Outdoors, I would have gone deep into the company yeah, to really exactly. understand it. So this is by way of a disclaimer that... I am only slightly more uh, educated about this company than any of you guys out there and probably less than a bunch of you who who have done some work on this one. Um, So, okay. With that said. Yeah. yeah, Go ahead. And and me too. And that's why I started out saying like I could only read a little bit because I was getting dizzy. Um, And I think still, you know, we decided to talk about it anyway because people ask me a lot like where like literally where do I start and then literally what do I click on after that and so we thought like why don't we just talk about that both of us looking at it this morning yeah um just to give a sense right and then if you get really interested 
then I think for me, like this is what I see it for me and so, like in my categorization <laughs> is focused practice or wandering practice. And if I'm sort of in like wandering practice mode, then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Smith and Wesson and Osprey and this is all just great and I'm learning and it takes me wherever I wander to go. And it's just like fun and wonderful. Well, and I am wondering where you wandered. Okay. And then if I am doing a focus practice, then it's, no, 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 I need to stay on this company and make sure I understand it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so what I do, and I'd be interested in your view on, on this, what I do is go first to their consumer website. I just put it into Google. What's on their is website? That That's what I did. That? Okay. And so you went to Vista, you just Googled Vista Outdoors. I just Googled Vista Outdoor and it took me right. to, I don't think I have it up anymore, but it took me to VistaOutdoor.com probably. Yeah, VistaOutdoor.com. And it said something like they make outdoor products, which I knew because we had talked about it. And I was like, well, this is not very informative. And then I thought, okay, the website's not helping me out much. I pretty much know this stuff from our conversation. Where do I go next? So on the top... They, I thought like I'll go to the annual report because what I love about the annual report is that they have to give us a succinct description of what the company is about, what they do, and their competitors. And so I find that first couple pages of the annual report to be just simple and straightforward and helpful. So to get to the annual report, I could have put in Vista Outdoor annual report and that would have worked. But at the top of their website, they had an investor button. And so I just clicked on that and it immediately had the most recent annual report, which is from 2021. So it's quite old at this point, as I think you pointed out last time. And um, and so I just opened that up and read the first couple pages of the annual report. And it was, let's see if I closed it. Oh, no, I still have it. It was like super, just exactly what I wanted. It was, so they just described the company. They said it's a global designer, manufacturer, marketer of outdoor recreation and sporting goods products headquartered in Minnesota. And that's it. They do shooting sports and they list their products. And then they do outdoor gear and they list their products. Helmets, goggles, golf, laser, hydration packs etc. So, you know, skim through that. Okay, got it. And then they talk about their brands and they list their brands. And this is where I got like straightforward info that I was wondering, what do they actually sell? And so they separate them out into shooting sports brands and outdoor products. And I don't do shooting sports, so I wasn't familiar with any of these, but they have, what is it here? Probably 20 different brands. Um, it also says they believe we hold the number one sales position in the U.S. markets for commercial ammunition and U.S. law enforcement ammunition, as well as a whole bunch of other things. So they're telling me that they have been successful with these various brands. And then their outdoor products list is much shorter. There's nine, nine or ten. And on that list, I was familiar. So we started talking about them because of Bell helmets that you had bought, which I had never heard of. But then they also have Giro helmets, which I have bought for skiing, snowboarding. And on this list is Camelback, 
which I was like, what? These guys own Camelback. I always thought Camelback, again, this is just like, you know, until you research it, you don't know. For some reason, I thought Camelback was an independent brand. Maybe it was at some point. These guys bought them. But, um, but that tells me like, oh, these guys own a major outdoor gear brand that everybody knows. They also own Giro helmets, which everybody knows. Um, and then they own a couple other ones that I've heard of, like Camp Chef and is it Go Pilot? Co-Pilot. So they're pretty major is what I take from this. And this is all taking like five minutes, right? And then go through, move on, and they talk about next their competitive strengths. They've got good brand recognition, they think. They have 34 brands. Um, and well, they maybe, are into Maybe let's, their... not read, let's not go deep into it here. Yeah, I'm not trying think. to go too deep. I just wanted to get to the... So I just wanted to get through these pages. So then they kind of like <laughs> talk through a bunch of stuff that I skim. Like our strategy. Okay, fine. You don't, think this, sort is, of... you don't think this is really boring? I don't know, Dad. Do you find it boring? <laughs> it's kind of boring. <laughs> All right. And then... <laughs> Pick it up a little. Pick it up a little. They get to their competitors. Yeah. And that's where I found it quite interesting because their competitors are all over the map. It's like Nikon and Osprey, as you said. Um, a whole bunch of shooting and sporting goods um, makers. So it's just everywhere and that's where I stopped reading and I thought like okay these guys are kind of all over the map and then that is where I would go to the financials at that point and try to figure out like what's happening with all with such a disparate company with such disparate brands and disparate manufacturing what are they actually doing after a million years of doing this I just go to the financials right away is because the financials on this company are well in, at least in terms of how they feed me a kind of evaluation view mm-hmm. they're stunning i mean like stunning to the point of what the hell is going on but i have a question uh, though if you so like go straight it. to the financials how do you even find out like what they make or what their brands are or anything like that i don't even care at that point <laughs> we're just at the very beginning right. i don't care what they do I have to know that stuff just at least to even like be able to have some context for what the financials say. Thousands of companies out there and what I'm looking for, right? And I have, and maybe that's the difference between having, you know, doing this full time is I have a wall full of companies that I want to look at. I like adding another one to a wall that's got probably easily 60 companies on it that are at the, I said a wall. What I mean is we actually run a kind of an agile management structure where we sort of start on the left side of the wall and move everything to the right and hopefully find something that becomes a yes um, through the process. And the, uh, the far left side of the wall literally is a, it's a 10 foot wall and it's covered with stickers with company symbols on it that we haven't yet gotten to. Right. Yeah. So, it, in the system that we use, 
we basically do what we call a one pager on it, which is a kind of a shortcut to what you just said. Mm-hmm. It's taking a quick look at everything. Yeah, yeah. But but I'm sort of outside the boundaries of the system right now. <laughs> it's like I'm going I'm going rogue here and jumping on this just for fun. And what I do immediately is find out is there any reason for me to get this up as a priority? Should I be looking at right. this? Right. Well, as a and I think priority? that's probably what everybody does. We well, all have to prioritize. Know, I don't even need to know what they are if if they're not going to be a priority because I can't buy them. In other words, I'm looking for a very specific thing as a priority, and that is, are these guys on sale right now? Okay. Because if now this are, is something we have talked the priority list. We've talked about multiple times. And we mm. always kind of like get into this quagmire because you've said this mm. to me so many times. I look immediately at their price and their value and whether or not there's something that could be on sale and is that worth more of my time. But then equally, your advice is consistently to look into the stuff that we know about, that we have some outside knowledge about, some expertise, circle mm. of competence types of companies regardless of whether they're on sale or not and not follow the ups and downs of the market just look for companies you love and then wait for them to be on sale all right that's fair that's fair so okay i do know a little bit about these guys enough to know they will fall well within my circle of competence okay enough to think that they would right Mm mm-hmm so, okay, I'm, I know I'm not looking at some widget maker that I don't know anything about. I'm not looking okay. at a pharmaceutical company here. I'm, I'm not looking at somebody who's making pharmaceuticals in China. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the ballpark of things I know really, really well and have owned companies in this world. Yeah, okay, so, okay got it. Fair enough. Oh, so that's quite that interesting to me because what it says to me is that with experience, investing experience, research experience, one can get to the point where you have a deeper and wider circle of competence where you've probably already looked into 10 different companies that may be similar to or related to Vista Outdoor. You've got some context already just in your brain. And Mm -hmm. with that context, you then can go straight to the financials. Whereas for me, I'm going wait a second, what is this company and what are their brands? And okay, wait, they do outdoor stuff and helmets seem completely different than ammunition to me. And so I'm looking for that context that you already have. Ah, Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes good sense. Okay, so we're both kind of starting in the same place. I've just got a little jump on you for something like this. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. Right. We've never quite like uh, talked thinking, that I'm just out wondering before. if there were companies that I know nothing about, if I would still dig in to look at the company a bit first. And I guess, I guess the answer is the one pager that we throw out, like one of the guys that works for me creates a one page, very small print, yeah, very sort of value line ish, uh-huh. uh, you know, thing summary. that gives me the numbers the way I want to see them and gives me a summary of the company. And I get that all in one shot. It's like I get that one pager and I see the whole thing. 
That's kind of nice. So for the rest of us, yeah, that's kind of nice. For the rest of us. This would be too bad. Probably writing that one pager is the best exercise we could do. It might be a good thing to do. I mean, that's pretty much what I do. I don't know. I've never structured it in my mind as a one pager, but I write down the categories of the story that you taught me and try to make it like one to two sentences for each one um, with the full knowledge that I'm missing a lot of information as I do that. And I think that's really important to remember, but enough to where, again, I feel like I have a contextual understanding of kind of where this company sits and who their competition is. And well, um, I think that's really, that's really important because on the one pager that I get from my team, it gives me contextual information that's up to date. Yeah. It's not just a one sentence. Uh, this company makes outdoors products. Right. It's they've just fired their CEO. Their CFO left a few months earlier. This company's obviously in some sort of management turmoil. Um, they're not being very forthcoming about it. Um, there's a lot of speculation about what's going on. Their numbers are starting to slide. They overloaded inventory. The inventory pass through doesn't look good. My gut feel is just. Just just from right, if I just did a one pager on this, I would have that gut feel like, OK, so big red flags flying all over this thing. And then looking immediately also on the one pager at what kind of price the company is carrying right now. So right now it's about a one point six billion dollar company. By the way, I don't like to look at things on a per share basis. You know, you know that like to look at it like I own the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So if the market is saying, you know, this is a $1.6 billion company, and I look at this and go, wow, they are producing $300 million a year in free cash flow. What? Right? That's yeah. like 5x free cash flow. Yeah. In other words, if I bought the company today and nothing changed, I would have it free and clear in five years. And didn't you tell me before we started, we were talking through, and... They're selling for something like four X earnings. Like Yeah, it's like it's like something like number. that. Six X earnings, four X earnings. It's some crazy low PE ratio. Yeah. And I took a look just briefly, we're jumping ahead, but I took a look at owner earnings, which takes a look at a company the way I would look at owning a a, a real est- owning a piece of real estate, like a house. Mm-hmm. And so as you know, because you and I wrote a book about the whole thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> invested. Invested. Go buy it. It's, a, it's it. available it's in really paperback good. now. It really helps you with owner earnings. So <laughs> it actually really does. <laughs> As I've said really many does. times, I pull that book out because I forget. And I pull the book out and I have the page marked with a like pink tab so I can find it. And I just follow my own book. It's the best. If you ever want to be a I highly guru, recommend you're going to have writing to stop a book. So candid. When there's stuff that you want to remember. <laughs> or want to forget you, and don't need to remember. You're, you're far too candid to be a guru. You just you're going to have to learn to just play like no, I know everything. Good thing I'm not like, trying to be oh, a guru. Oh, I have to go look up my own book to find out how you it's do this. It's the best stuff. though. Then I don't have to keep that info in my head. And no, I mean right now like my memory is just her- atrocious. So it's so wonderful to just know that I don't have to worry about it. It's there. Right on. So just, but let me just say, owner yeah. earnings is freaking important to try to figure out the value of a business because it's what you would actually get in your pocket if you own the whole thing. 
And then from there, you could make a decision about, like in real estate, whether you want to add on a mother-in-law apartment or turn the garage into a rental or something like mm -hmm. that to grow your revenue. But this is what you're actually getting, and then you make decisions about capital allocation. These guys have a pile of owner earnings. I mean, it is a monster pile of owner earnings. So I'm that. That's what I, I jumped quickly to look at those numbers, because otherwise I don't know if I would have started digging in on this at all. I'm not really a big fan of a company that has a billion different products. Yeah. You know, you you can end up with brand fatigue. Yes. Um, as Buffett is experiencing over there with uh, uh, all those what is it, craft and all that that he's got. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I mean, all these brands turn out to be not really worth a lot when Costco is selling. Uh, Kirkland and doing just fine against those big totally with, with Kirkland. So yeah, I, I just don't know if that and that's going to be a big issue for me about Vista Outdoors is whether I really like it, whether I think they really have some sort of a moat. You know, it's like what what do you guys have here? You're like yeah. a big distributor, yeah. Except you point. own everything, right? Yeah. So we um, will have to get to that. Yeah, and and what happened when I uh, Googled them? So I looked through the first few pages of the annual report, as you pointed out, I very boringly summarized. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then I usually think hey, hey, I got a secret for you, by the way, if you ever start finding yourself doing this and then uh, it falls on the earth to do this and then you do, 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 do this, you, you are listing. It's like. When speakers start doing that, it's just like, you just want to beat your head against the mic. Oh, you mean like people so, giving a speech? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, or, or even somebody giving, yeah, basically giving a talk. It's like, it's just... Da -da, yeah, good da -da, point. Da -da, you're just putting your audience to deadly sleep. It's just, good night. Everybody's <laughs> gone. So anyway, go on. So then I usually you think like... in real speeches. This company, this annual report was from 2021. It's really old what's been happening. So then I usually look at the news of the company to find out, you know, what if, what have they not told me what's been happening in the last year? And that's where we mm. found out that they had all of a sudden fired their CEO, which yeah. is a huge piece of news because they did it without even having a replacement ready. So something yeah. crazy is going on in that boardroom. Yeah. And, and they it did the same thing with the CFO. They don't have a replacement for the CFO either. Oh, oh really? Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. They're running they're running interim CEOs. And it cracks his when you go over their website and you go to about us, right? Which is fun to listen to uh -huh. how, or talk to see how a company describes themselves. Yeah. Um, they always try to put a, a their best foot forward and sometimes their best foot's better than their actual foot. So yeah, always. this starts off with the executive. <laughs> I love this. It just starts off so interesting. Um, our management team is comprised of experienced operators with a passion for the outdoors and a drive for accountability and discipline. I mean, talk about a bunch of Wall Street BS, okay? So then you go click on more and you discover <laughs> that Gary MacArthur is the interim chief executive officer who wasn't the chief executive officer a few minutes ago. And Andrew Keegan is uh, the vice president and chief financial officer interim and oh, he wasn't there a few minutes ago. And then you start going down through all these guys and you're like, uh, wow, do these guys have somebody that they can get in here that is world class to run this business? And, and then you get to the next real interesting thing, which is 
they're splitting the business. They decided to split it up. And one of the reasons that they decided to split it up is because they might have better luck getting a good CEO. You're like, huh? They said that? Well, no. What they said is something like that. They said we'd be able to recruit I can't, where did I read this? be able to recruit top talent. scrambling through and just reading stuff. Yeah, we'll be able to recruit better talent is one of the reasons they're giving for splitting huh. the company. And um, and I thought about that and said, why are you having trouble getting good talent? And then the answer might be that part of their company, 57% of revenue is bullets. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. Oh. Well, and of course, as for investors as well, so many investors don't want to own something that makes bullets, makes ammunition, relates to guns yeah. or weapons yeah. in any way. And so somebody may want to own Camelback and Giro and Bell helmets, but right. not own the rest of that stuff. And, you know, I respect that. Like, let's each go with our each individual choices of putting your money where your mission is, putting your money where your mouth is. And, um, and this company probably has had some people say to them, this oh, would really help I'm, you out if you would split these two sure. things up. Like in the ESG world, they're going to get dinged, right? For Absolutely. Making ammo yeah. in ESG. And I think probably they've had people come aboard and say, look, I would really be interested in running this company. But, you know, my my personal values do not extend to guns and weapons and bullets. And I'm not into it. Yeah. And I would be sort of embarrassed with my children to be operating a business that's half that. Well, and also, I just... Like manufacturing ammunition it seem, is a completely different expertise world than manufacturing a ski helmet. Like they just have nothing oh, yeah. to do with each other. So yeah, really, I wonder really if as well, they're hoping that they'll have better leadership, maybe more it's, effective it's management These... of inventory if they do actually split those things up. I'm pretty sure these guys were, you know, I, I got to get deeper into it, but I remember something that these guys were, so don't hold me to this, but Smith & Wesson was the original brand. And then they started, oh. and then they went, became Vista Outdoors by acquiring a whole lot of stuff, but they owned Smith & Wesson, kind of was the original thing. Ah. And when guns became sort of an ethical issue for a lot of people, they wanted to change the name. And so they became Vista Outdoors uh-huh. and bought a bunch of outdoors products. Uh-huh. And that didn't really fix the problem. So they spun off Smith & Wesson. And that didn't fix the problem either. So now they're yeah. spinning off the ammo portion of this. Interesting. And and becoming a company that really didn't even exist a few years ago. Well, so I guess so, the gist yeah. of all this from our one-pager research, shall we say, is that I understand why their stock price is down. It's a confusing company in the midst yeah. of a lot of transition. They're spinning it as transformation, but you know, yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> that may or may not work out and yeah. that has had That's a really hard time making it work in the last five years with somebody at the helm in their CEO who had impeccable credentials and seemed to be very well respected and yet somehow they just decided he had to go to the point where they're paying him off full yeah, salary. like to be a fly on the wall in those board meetings to find out yeah. who the bad guys are. Right. So that's my question is like, is the board the bad guy? And the CEO was trying to get them to see the light and they just 
fired him out of nowhere because yeah, well, they were so especially frustrated. Especially Danielle, because the numbers under this guy have gotten better and better and better. Oh. Right? I mean, he came in, what did he come in, 2017 or something? 17, yeah. Right? And the numbers, th- that's what makes this so His name is Christopher Metz, by the way. Um, yeah, Chris Metz. I looked him up briefly, and he used to be actually a private equity uh, managing director for 10 years, and then went into managing an outdoor company that did snowmobiles and uh, those like... Yeah, Arctic Cat. Arctic Cat, thank you. Yep. And then came over to Vista. So he's got a lot of experience with various companies. See, this biases me. I I think, you know, guys that do private equity in particular, but guys who do venture capital and people who do what I do tend to be pretty... And if they're successful at it, and I think he was... They tend to be very rational and that's very my sort bias of as well. Not yeah. real emotional, you know. Just going to get in there. I, I'm a little biased to maybe the board being a little shaky here and running I know. out. I know because he wanted to do some hard things, and the whole idea of splitting the company is coming under his watch, you know. And then he left. So I'm I'm real interested in where this is going to go, and we'll dig in deeper into it. Um, well, maybe sure. because I'm, you've just I'm said kind of that fascinated. you don't want to put it at the top of your priority list. To look well, into I'd, it. I want to do it just for the podcast. I like, <laughs> feel like shoving it forward. And I'm literally going to come off the podcast and go across the hall and see if I can somehow convince my guys to let me shove this to the top. I mean, obviously, I have the authority to do it in our system. I can do it if I want, but it's disruptive as hell um, because we're on, everybody's got what they're going to be doing for the next few days. And so, um, yeah, okay, maybe maybe well, I can swing this. To maybe can we can it. also ask our listeners because we have such incredible investors in our listener group that um that write us info on various companies they're Ooh. looking at. And Ooh, so if you guys have good. any there's probably people here who work in the outdoor industry. There are people who know a lot about this stuff. Send us an email to questions at investedpodcast.com if you have some knowledge about this company, if you've worked with them. If you've looked into them, we would love some help. We'd love some info. Questions at yeah. investedpodcast.com. Oh, that would be really cool. And the things, the things to look at, I think, are um, what's going to be the value of this ammo company when they spin it off? I mean, that's pretty straightforward. And it's interesting to me that, that they're not selling it. I, I wonder why they're not selling it. So I think it's probably valuable and they don't want to just try to sell it. And sometimes um, that's a good play, right? Like you buy the stock of, the, of one company and then they do a spinoff and you suddenly Joel own. Greenblatt yeah. made billions doing, you know, following these things called spinoffs. Yeah. And Ferrari and did that. That's... Called, Go ahead. Yeah. you Joel wrote a book about it called uh, You Too Can, I think You Can Be a Stock Market Genius, Greenblatt. And, um, and a, a part of that book is about following spinoffs. A lot of time. Yeah. what You were just saying Ferrari, right? We've talked about that. That was massively home run. Huge. And a bunch uh, of those who bought. Yeah. A bunch of value investors. uh, Yeah. Made that investment because one, it was a cool like, here we go. Stock trading. It was a cool stock trading thing to do. But because they wanted Mm -hmm. to own both companies as a long term investor um, and you essentially almost got one for free. It was very cool. Yeah. I mean, you really did get Ferrari for free. Yeah. That was that was amazing. Yeah. So All right, we better this go. Is, this is something, I really think this is interesting. Look at what happens with the, with the ammo if it's all on its own. 
57% of revenue, and I don't know what percentage of, of earnings. And then what is the value of a business that's just got a load of these different brands that are successful brands? Is it a hard business? How do you grow it? What, you know, you just keep acquiring more brands. It's just a brand company. And what are the price of brand companies? So there's a lot of stuff here that we'd have to figure out. So let's let's see let's see if uh, next week we can throw some answers at this stuff. Okay, and you guys we'll help us out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Until Thanks, then. everybody. Have Time a good day. Go play. Bye. See ya. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.